And this is Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Peter Biello, and this is the New Hampshire News Recap. Let's get into the week's top headlines. House Republicans have taken another stab at redrawing the state's congressional maps. The state's top election official is creating a new commission aimed at bolstering voter confidence in elections, and the state Senate met this week to vote on a number of bills. Joining us now to talk about all that and more are NHPR's Todd Bookman and New Hampshire Bulletin's Amanda Goki. Good morning to both of you. Hi, Peter. Good morning. Let's start with redistricting. A House committee recommended a new congressional map this week. Lawmakers are calling it the I-93 map. Amanda, how would this map substantially change the state's two congressional districts? The new map would be a, a pretty significant shift from current districts. As the name suggests, the first congressional district would be made up of communities surrounding the I-93 corridor in the southern part of the state. Dave Andrews, who works at the redistricting data hub, told me that this map would move 115 towns or wards from one district to another, and that's over 500,000 people. The map was drawn by Representative Ross Berry, a Manchester Republican, um, and he argued that it it was time to start with a, a fresh slate. Um, This would be a break from the approach that lawmakers have taken over roughly the past century. Since maps were drawn in 1880, lawmakers have made pretty minor changes to the map. Mm -hmm. And the map would put Belknap County, Merrimack County, a sliver of Hillsborough County, and most of Rockingham County together in the first district. The second district would contain the seacoast, the North Country, and the western part of the state. I see. And and support for this latest congressional map in the House was along party lines. Uh, Todd Bookman, why are Republicans saying this is the way forward? And and what did Democrats have to say in opposition? Uh, well, you know, Ross Berry's argument is that the I-93 economic corridor uh, should be kept together as a way to sort of unite all of those communities uh, in a way that they've never been united before. Uh, you know, for House Republicans, um, they need to get behind something. Uh, Sununu has already vowed to veto their, their first proposed map. Uh, Sununu then introduced his own map, which was basically brushed off by the House. And so now, you know, really the clock is ticking. Uh, so Barry has put forward this this new proposal. Uh, as Amanda said, it kind of resets what the maps have looked like uh, since essentially 1880. Um, you know, Democrats counter that, you know, what's the point in blowing up 140 years of, of tradition? Uh, uh, why not make minor tinkering to the map that was used for the previous decade? Um, on, on a practical level, the, the this I-93 map, it actually puts both incumbents in the same district. So, so Annie Custer and Chris Pappas would, would uh, now reside in the same district. And it also uh, puts nearly every declared GOP candidate for CD1 into CD2, except for, for one person, uh, Matt Mowers. And so, you know, uh, the, the full house is going to take up this I-93 map, uh, then possibly the Senate and, and then on to the governor. And, and Governor Sununu, he did not support the first congressional map put forward by lawmakers, saying it made the districts less competitive. Amanda, this sounds like it's a step in the opposite direction of what the governor was wanting. So right after the I-93 map was released on Monday, the governor issued a statement in response. And he said that the people of New Hampshire are counting on lawmakers to deliver a map that holds incumbents accountable and keeps the districts competitive. And he said that this map doesn't accomplish that. This map would make the first congressional district more friendly to Republicans, while the second district would become more firmly Democratic. 
But Sununu has said that doesn't strike the right balance in a purple state. And he thinks Republicans have a shot at winning CD2. Mm-hmm. And, and Todd, without the governor's support, is it possible that this fight over the congressional map could end up in the courts and not, not merely s- uh, settled by the legislature? Yes, uh, that that's ultimately where this will land if um, if the you know two branches of other branches of government um, can't get on the same page. Then yes, the Supreme Court has already begun a parallel process. There are actually oral arguments uh, scheduled next week. A, a special master will be appointed to to redraw uh, the maps for for twenty twenty two. But again, that's really only a backstop if if the House, Senate, and governor can't get on the on the same page. But, you know, there's really a time crunch here. The filing period uh, for candidates in New Hampshire is, uh, it opens June 1st. So, uh, you know, that, that's coming up rapidly. And so some decision is going to have to be made relatively quickly here. Though it, is, though it is true that you don't have to actually live in the district that you are running for. It's just, you have to make a choice on which district you're running for. And, and maybe that influences which candidate wants to run where. Uh, that that is certainly true. If um, if Annie Custer and Chris Pappas are both in the same district, one could decide to run in the other. Uh, I think everybody would agree that comes with political liabilities, uh, especially if you're a GOP challenger looking to take on one of those candidates and you don't live in that district. Uh, but yes, that is that is certainly true. This is Morning Edition on NHPR. We are recapping this week's news with New Hampshire Bulletin's Amanda Goki and NHPR's Todd Bookman. What questions do you have about what's going on in the state? You can email us at voices at nhpr.org. Secretary of State Dave Scanlon announced this week that he is creating the Commission on Voter Confidence. Todd, what is the purpose of this new group? Uh, Well, as the name implies, um, there's clearly some concerns about a lack of voter confidence. Um, In announcing this this new commission this week, uh, uh, Scanlon noted national polls and some local polls showing, you know, um, uh, an erosion in confidence and trust and faith in, in the election process uh, that is mostly within the GOP. Um, you know, quick spin through social media over the last two years, you'll find no shortage of misinformation, uh, uh, downright conspiracy theories about uh, the elections. And in New Hampshire, we've had some high profile examples of, of errors made uh, in, in 2020, uh, that includes in in Wyndham, where there was this issue where uh, ballot machine ballot counting machines made mistakes because of how ballots had been folded. Uh, in some ways, that was explained, you know, sort of accurately and succinctly. But it also, at the same time, kind of galvanized those who who think, uh, at the most extreme, that this entire process is is rigged or run by the deep state. Um, or at a minimum, may think that there's a there's a finger on the scale. There were issues in Bedford as well, and so, you know, this this commission uh, uh, is sort of tasked with trying to restore some of that confidence. Uh, uh, whether or not it can reach everybody, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, certainly remains to be seen. Uh, but let's talk about this misinformation and disinformation for for a moment because it's been evolving in New Hampshire in recent years. Could you give us some context on how it's been evolving? Yeah, sure. So I think we we really saw it. Um, sort of explode after um, uh, the 2020 election, false claims by President Trump and some of his supporters. You know, I mentioned this issue in Wyndham, which really got a lot of attention. You know, there was this this very thorough audit. Um, you had activists sort of, uh, you know, live tweeting this. A um, lot of lot of mistrust in that process. Uh, situation in in Bedford, where we have um, still sort of unresolved. Where, you know, a batch of, of absentee balance wasn't counted and then that was kept secret. And these, you know, these are ultimately human errors. Um, 
but there have been some very loud public hearings this year at the state house on a number of bills uh, set to reform how New Hampshire handles its elections. Uh, the Secretary of State pushes back and says, you know, New Hampshire has a, a great system, a very decentralized system where you have thousands of, of local election officials, um, you know, counting your, your ballots, processing your ballots. He, he reflects that this is a human process. And so there are going to be some, some mistakes uh, made. And, um, you know, I think his hope is that this commission and the public hearings that they are going to give over the next few months and some of the public hearings, you know, that they're going to re- you know, receive comments will will just bring more transparency to the process and hopefully more faith in that process. And, and so how does he think transparency will help? Like, what is he saying about that? Well, I think um, what Scanlon is saying is that, look, if people truly understood all the steps and how they function and, and the, the checks and balances in the process, that you, you, you can't walk away not trusting the process. You know, if you, un, if you truly understand every part of the process and why it's designed that way and the, the checks and balances that are there, um, you know, Scanlon is of the opinion that that, that, that will help. Um, I think we have some, some tape of him here talking about um, why, why he's embarking on this effort. You know, our challenge is to make the process more transparent, help people understand it so that there's no mystery uh, and if you if we can do that, it's much harder to create a situation where people can claim conspiracies. Much harder to do, yet somehow people still manage to claim conspiracies in the face of so much information to the contrary, Todd. Yeah, no, I don't think there's any expectation that that uh, some of the, the very hardcore um, activists who have um, been shouting, you know, from the rooftops that the election was rigged. I, I don't think there's an expectation that all of those people are necessarily going to jump on board just because of a of a Dave Scanlon PowerPoint or whatever <laughs> the Secretary of State decides to do. And that's not to belittle the work of, of, of Scanlon. Of course, but, um, you know, I, I think this is um, by the Secretary of State's office a, a wholehearted effort to try to restore confidence. You know, Scanlon has pointed out that a lack of confidence ultimately could lead to a lack of participation. And when you don't have, per- you know, people participating in their government. Uh, it means fewer people trusting their government, listening to their government. It makes it harder for a government to function. And so I think he sees this as a way to try to shore up the state's democracies. Well, let, let's speak a little more about our state's democracy. There was a lot of action in the state Senate uh, this week. Amanda Gokey of New Hampshire Bulletin, you covered the Senate's session yesterday. Lawmakers voted on a number of bills. Uh, Amanda, could you give us some of the highlights? Yeah, so I focused on some of the environmental issues that were brought up yesterday, and there was pretty lively debate over a bill that would have granted lobster licenses to recreational scuba divers. The New Hampshire lobster industry is the state's most valuable commercial fishery. It contributes over $34 million in revenue to the 330 or so licensed harvesters. And right now, diving for lobsters recreationally is illegal, something that divers wanted to change. And they had some support from lawmakers to do that, who said that they should be able to access the natural resource. Senator Kevin Avard spoke in favor of the measure on Thursday, saying that he thought divers were responsible. The lobster industry, however, opposed the bill, and they said diving for lobsters could be harmful to both the lobster population and the marine habitat. New Hampshire Fish and Game had also opposed the bill, saying that it would be impossible to enforce. And lawmakers ultimately voted it down on a voice vote after they heard arguments about the possible economic and environmental harm that divers could cause. 
So so no to diving to lobsters. And, and Todd Bookman, the Senate, also said no to a bill that would have legalized marijuana for recreational use. W- was that surprising, Todd? Um, in some ways, no, because the state Senate uh, in New Hampshire has never passed a bill to, to legalize recreational pot. Um, but if you had looked at the House vote, which was overwhelmingly in favor, I think the number was 241 to 113. Uh, obviously, a lot of Republicans on board in, in the House, but in the Senate, uh, we heard a lot of the, the same arguments we've heard year after year, uh, concerns about public safety, uh, dri- driving while high, middle schoolers uh, getting stoned, uh, an exploding black market, even though uh, you can just drive across the border now and buy it buy it legally. Um, so ultimately, what we saw were, were three Democrats from Manchester join up with, with all but two of the Republicans to kill uh, this latest legalization bill. This would have permitted adults to con- um, uh, possess up to three quarters of an ounce. Uh, there was no plan in this bill for how to how to sell marijuana uh, uh, by the you know by the state or by retail stores. Um, you know the optics were pretty clear. There were chiefs of police in the gallery observing this, and um, also it's, you know it was unclear if Sununu Governor Sununu would have gotten behind this this proposal anyways. I see. And and Amanda Goki, you also reported this week on how people belonging to Ukrainian communities here in New Hampshire are providing aid to those affected by the war. Can you tell us real quickly uh, uh, how are folks coming together to organize? Yeah, absolutely. So there's been a lot of grassroots efforts to raise money and um, send send that money, food, clothes, sort of necessary supplies over to Ukraine. Uh, One auto dealer in, in Manchester even is raffling off a uh, Mercedes in an attempt to to raise some some funds to send over. Well, Amanda Goki of New Hampshire Bulletin, thank you so much for, for joining us this morning. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And in HPR's Todd Bookman, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Peter. Of course, there was a lot of news this week. You can find the headlines at nhpr.org. And this is Morning Edition on NHPR.